0: All right. Wait, what were we going to talk about today? Ah, insurance. Insurance. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess the, the, the more I, the the overall idea is that there are things that may happen. Mm -hmm. How much time do you spend preparing for them? You know, is it, is it in direct ratio to how likely they are to happen?
1: You know I do know what you mean I, I don't even I think we should you can even take one step further and not even let's not make time the only um, unit in this okay. equation because time is just one there's also energy yeah. and 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 money yeah you know I mean those are you know bra- brain yeah. power and no, st- no stress, stress true. these are all things that that can take the cost yes you know that have a that have a toll. You know,
0: I, I mean, this originally came up because I'm worried about data yeah. backup, right? Yeah, you are. I'm a photographer. I get paid money to take these pictures. And for commercial clients, they expect you to hold on to them for a long time.
1: Mm, not so reasonable.
0: Right. But, I mean, but the you, fact. Where you work has these things on file for how long do they keep them?
1: Well... We haven't really thrown anything away yet, right? And it's been what five, six years? Well, yeah, at least more than that, right? Mm-hmm. So all this stuff
0: sitting on hard drives somewhere—like, God forbid, somebody's going to go back to like some shoot for J. Crew from 2005. No one's ever going to do that,
1: probably not, right? But you, but guys you never know. You never know, <laughs> right?
0: So, uh, but you know, God forbid that happens, and the whole warehouse in Paris or wherever the hell it is mm-hmm. gets burned down. Mm-hmm. Are there copies? in other locations i don't know yeah you know i wonder how much at, at what point is it just being paranoid
1: yeah i would agree with that you
0: know i personally for example have off-site backup right but i don't use off-site backup for everything i don't use it for my raw files i don't even use it for my layered files i use it for a flattened high quality jpeg of the like final
1: image just the finished version.
0: Right, because God forbid my house burns down, I'm probably more worried whether or not I have the picture of Malcolm Gladwell, high res, whatever, in case somebody needs it, more than I am. Man, I really want to go rework that picture of Malcolm.
1: Right. Here's here's another interesting concept or thought. We're talking about we're talking about photography, sure, but we're also talking about files, yes, which aren't exactly they're kind of exclusive technically. They they happen. To have, there's a coincidence that they happen to be the same thing, but they don't have to be, and they and they haven't always been. True. so what's interesting to me is that in the old days of film um the, can you imagine if it was the standard practice to have three copies of everything in three different locations exactly nobody fucking did that
0: no in fact, it was, and i know it was I, cost and space prohibitive you couldn't I, I have been in studios of very famous photographers and their entire life's work is sitting in their basement on shelves and boxes.
1: Yeah. And that's it. The only copy. And
0: yeah. Well, because I mean, you can't eat. I mean, yes. Can you copy a negative? Yeah, you can, but you're degrading it the whole time. It's, it's like not copying a tape. Right. It's not the same. Right. And who's going to do that? You know, nobody, I guess the question is whether what's the likelihood that one of those boxes is going to suddenly go into flames and not burn anything else out, which is the equivalent of say a hard drive failing.
1: You know, it's true. It's true.
0: Um, just spontaneously combust, you know, <laughs> Yeah, but, I here, mean, but but it's happened before. I talked to an old timer and I said, you know, you ever lose any of your stuff? And he goes, no. He says, but a guy I know and he listed some guy. I forget, what the hell, who the hell it was. Uh-huh. And he said he lost everything. He had a fire, lost everything. Yeah, it's just it, it, it happened.
1: You know? it, it can happen. And it uh, does happen. Yeah, scary. The other thing that's that that's interesting to me, again, knowing a little bit more than the average person does about how a hard drive works how when a hard drive fails how it fails uh is that it's not as big of a deal as, as people think um hard don't get me wrong a lot of
0: times it's the mechanism and you can replace the mechanism exactly with,
1: yeah. or, or there's you know or the problem
0: the, is it's expensive because it has to happen by a technician in a clean room
1: which is not even half the time and the clean room is only like the extreme most of the times it's just i actually i spoke with a friend of mine this guy i know used to work for the fbi yeah in data forensics and then he went into the private sector, and he basically joined. Uh, he got hired by this large accounting company uh, to do the same sort of work, but but privately. Okay. And, and he was basically telling me how eighty-five, maybe ninety percent of the time, when there's when there's hard drive failure that results in catastrophic data loss, uh, it's just a matter of Frankensteining the right combination of parts together. Sure. Um, and and from what I understand, the way he was explaining it to me, um, the professionals, the guys who work in data recovery, you know, like the drive savers or whoever, they basically... Go out and own, like purchase every single iteration of every single drive from every single manufacturer, so and stockpile them. Put in, yeah, precisely. And then what happens is, as they do that, because it's not that can't be that big of a deal to do that. You, I mean, especially with hard drive prices these days. Sure. Um, and then when when the dead one comes in, they you know they keep a database, they look it up. Oh, this is from lot number blah yeah. blah 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 blah. And we'll just take one of these, and we'll just we'll figure out. Oh, this one's controller board is busted. Oh, this one's head is right. busted. Oh, this one's spindle is busted. They take it apart, they put it back together with the good there's like, what nine parts in a hard drive if right, that right, right. Uh, and Very then eli whitney yeah it's super simple or or henry t ford <laughs> yeah um is it t ford henry henry no. ford who knows anyway same thing yeah um and and they basically they, they 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 put it together and then if it works it works and if it doesn't then they go into the the deeper depths of the thing and try to rebuild uh you know rebuild the thing from from uh
0: and if the, from but the deeper
1: stuff is actually That's where clean rooms to come in. That gets messy. Yeah, and that's where it gets expensive. Uh the other and then the on the other half is if there is physical damage, like scratched platters yeah. or bent
0: There are times when you, you know,
1: actually can lose or data. fire or yes. or like liquid damage. That's like those are the kinds of catastrophic things where it gets a little bit more dodgy. It's but, it's but that's not the but that's not the majority. No, that's not, not the majority. majority. I mean I would say that's probably less than twenty-five percent. It's also
0: interesting. I mean, I'm crazy. I'll you, admit that right now. Okay,
1: I'm, I'm, I've been known to be. You know, for example,
0: the the you know they, these Drobo things.
1: Right, right? Drobo. Right. Everybody Which, loves those things.
0: Well, I think people who don't know a lot about computers love them.
1: They are awfully cute. They're very cute, and they
0: are packaged well in a somewhat Apple-esque way. And they have a nice logo. They have a nice logo and all that stuff, but they're dreadfully
1: slow. Yep. And, Dude, the first one was USB.
0: Yeah, and USB two, and it was not even like it didn't even saturate the USB two,
1: and USB on a Macintosh. Yeah. Hello, have you ever yeah. tried that? Oh God, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. What I
0: don't understand is that the even the new the newer one, the FireWire eight hundred cheap one, the low end one, mm-hmm. still you, slow. Yeah, it only gets like thirty megs a second. It's yeah. like that's what you should get on a regular USB drive, you know. And you've yeah. got four drives cranking they're not taking advantage of that speed though. Oh, they're they're completely wasting. And even even the uh, Drobo S, right, the newer one, the speed one, mm-hmm. is not it's it's getting like 90 megs a second over eSATA. Yeah. You have four five drives cranking and all you can get is under 100 megs a second?
1: Yeah. I, I, my my hunch is the reason why that is. It has everything to do with, their with proprietary ass RAID system, with with their data protection, I mean I, that's that's only yeah. good, that's been a pet peeve of mine. But there's actually. other boxes that do RAID five, which is
0: probably essentially what they're doing, right? That crank 250 megs a second. Agreed.
1: And but he, I just wanted to touch on that for a second because there's some weird perception. I, you're like the third person I've talked to who thinks that that the. That one of the reasons that Drobo is bad, and I'm not, I'm not again, I'm not disagreeing with you here, but there's that the whole proprietary concept, dude. Every RAID controller, every RAID product is proprietary. Sure. It's not just Drobo's special con- dude. The Apple products, the yep. HP products, the Dell products, the the, the yep. OWC thing. You show me a second, yeah. they're all proprietary. I have, if any uh, of them fail, they all fail in the same exact way. I will tell you though, I have, for example, in my box we're recording on right now, we're mm-hmm. recording to a RAID array. Oh my god scary isn't it i'm glad i'm sitting down
0: yeah right okay we're recording to a raid one array that i have two one and a half terabyte drives in a raid one array Mm -hmm. using the intel built-in controller one and a half terabytes yeah 1.5 oh yeah came before two terabytes i guess so yeah so there are two drives in there Uh uh-huh that's very odd what's that i don't know it's just making weird things on the screen um and, and, and it's great because I don't have to worry about one of my drives failing and me losing everything for the most part. The nice thing about it is that this RAID array can be plugged into any Intel motherboard with a compatible thing and it works. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it's proprietary. Right. But it's somewhat ubiquitous. Therefore, the proprietary doesn't
1: really matter. Well, and the same argument could be made for any of the other proprietary systems. Yes. Like if you have a Lissy system, well, odds are if you get another Lissy system, you can shove it in there and it'll work just fine. Yes, uh, right. especially on the, uh, the the lower end, which is interesting. Uh, Intel, like you mentioned, have a hand, like they have a bu- like some of those super cheap NAS systems that have you know they, they all tell you what kind of what kind of processors yep. in there, and uh, there's even a cute little web based interface to uh, to tweak it.
0: Yeah. I, I will tell you, though, that the, thing, the real problem I have with Drobo is the price for the performance. That's well, my problem. And
1: they're doing what Apple does, and they're paying for their marketing. You get a
0: premium for the fact that it's pretty. Exactly. Right.
1: And which, for me, is not good enough. Well, obviously, because you're yeah. not even an Apple user. Right. So.
0: But, I mean, but if, you wa- if you wanted, you know, if you're going to pay $1,000 for an empty box, which is almost what the Drobo S costs, mm-hmm. it's like, it should be pretty fast for $1,000 without any hard drives in it.
1: You You would think, or it should be like super safe, like they should have some like five year warranty on it or something. The nice thing
0: about it is that you can do double redundancy, right? So, if two drives
1: fail, two drives can fail. You can get two flat tires and still make it home,
0: exactly. Mm -hmm. Which for me, I would almost consider if I trusted Drobo, (laughs) I would almost consider it. But you know what? You can't trust anybody. What what you should ideally do is buy one Drobo and one some other brand
1: precisely for six of
0: them both, but then. I'm not spending $3,000 on hard drives, you know, like I I can't spend $3,000 on hard drives right now, you know, maybe I will soon, but sure, sure.
1: No, I I totally hear you. And that's, that gets into the the bigger picture as far as, as far as I'm concerned. Now, what's the likelihood of two drives failing at the same time? That depends on a lot of things. Yes. Uh, The most likely scenario, if you had to say, hey man, how do we get two drives to fail simultaneously? Well... The first thing I would say is make sure you bought sequential serial numbered, You know, like get sure. them both at the same time from the same place. Check their numbers to make sure yeah. they came out of the same exact batch. Yeah. So that's that's one. You know, although, what, although on RAID systems, they generally tell you to use identical drives. Identical drives, right, but right. not necessarily sequential. What's, right. it, what's interesting, uh, in large-scale storage, like room-sized yep. SAN-style you know, storage, um, they buy pallets full of hard drives, yes. and then they split, split them all them up. up like disparate style. And I my friend was telling me about this. This is insane. He says when it gets to the point where there's so many individual drives and they they don't get restarted or powered or whatever, every time the unit gets re, like restarted, Something there's like a there's a 3% failure rate. So they're like that's like they know it going in. It's like yep. okay, we well we need to bounce the raid and let's you know and so we're gonna we know we're gonna have to replace 10 drives yeah. we're just gonna wait for them all to yeah. spin up yeah. and fail and sure. then and then they go i mean it's just like a fact of life it's insane it's a whole other world it's insane i mean no, we're talking totally like is. hundreds of drives yeah um it's just uh yeah it's yeah. amazing how
0: i mean it's just it gets tricky like i have everything on my RAID array i also put everything on one external drive on top of the array for god forbid the array gets
1: corrupt or whatever here's, it, is. Here's what it is here's what it is here's what it is man the problem is, or the issue, the, the the concept is that we've been ruined or spoiled, however you want to put it, by what? By digital, by the fact that this sort of this is a bigger blanketing thing. This is this this touches on the whole digital copyright business, yep. the whole digital music, digital movies, all that stuff. The fact that you can make Infinite bite for byte exact copies, copies yeah. is where it gets really. Yeah, that's the problem. That's yeah. the problem. Because in the, we we were just talking about this a minute ago. In the old days. That wasn't possible. That's yeah. just simply impossible. And you tr- you, you, had a, you had a little bit more respect. There's a little bit more gravity to an original than there is now. Absolutely. Now, there's no such thing as an original. And, uh, now, well, the original is, is, is all that's in your brain. It's funny. In some ways, that goes all the way down to the physical object. That goes
0: down to a print. Exactly. Those prints I got made for that Drabble show, I could right. make a hundred of those and every single one would be identical.
1: Well, probably close. I mean, as
0: identical as you
1: could. Right. You know, as a as a regular optical photograph, yes, print, yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: You know, so it, you know, in the old days when they were being wet print, you know, okay, every single one's different because the guy's timing it different. He's doing whatever he's, it is. It's know, close, right, but right, it's not perfect, right. exactly. But in many ways, those guys were probably trying to do multiple prints as close as, as, close as, as possible. they
1: could. You know. Yeah, it's interesting. Pain in the ass, is what yeah, it, it is. So I think what's happened is we've allowed this this digital duplicate uh concept to to take over and so what's the answer and it's another interesting thing is it, it that's there's another weird trend that seems to be popular in society right now um the way the way we seem to be raising our children okay i don't know if you've ever had this chat with an with a with a parent or if you know anybody who has a kid or I, I'm, I'm we're we're nearly the same age and i'm sure we have a similar spread of of um I have friends friends, with children. friends who you know who who are just having babies now yeah. or who who might have like two middle aged you know not middle aged yeah. but two like teenagers or whatever and it's just interesting to talk to some of these folks and the, the just seeing the way they do it and seeing the way other people that that they know do it it's sure. it's different man and and people have gotten way more overprotective way more paranoid there's way more drugs there's yep. way more diseases Penoid there's way allergies. more allergies What the fuck is with the peanut allergies, dude? I was blown away on the, (laughs) I I was, I was on a plane and, and some, this is like maybe three or four years ago. So now it was, it was more novel back then. Now it's sort of like a, now it's a joke that we can all joke about. But I was, I thought it was a fucking joke when I was on the plane and the, the lady came on the, the, the PA and she basically said, um, there's a, there's a child on board with a nut allergy or something like that. So, so we're, you know, we're not going to pass out the peanuts, and if you brought peanuts with you, please don't open. But the, and I'm like, really? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that that is amazing. Well, a molecule in the air can actually like in a plane
0: too. How do these people function in normal life? Well, I mean, this goes down to Five Guys, right? Right, right. Five Guys cooks in peanut oil. Right. They have baskets full of
1: boxes, boxes, boxes full
0: of full of peanuts. peanuts, around peanuts around. that you can just the one grab in handfuls Park Slope, of. I don't know that they are, in all of them, but the one in Park Slope, yeah. You actually, the, the boxes with the peanuts are actually covered plastic things with, like, because probably some mother or father in the neighborhood has a kid who has a peanut allergy, and they bitched and moaned, and they got the thing. It's like, okay, why would you even be in that store if you're, you know, why would you be anywhere near that place? It's like, yeah. it's basically a peanut store that you now want, you know what I mean? Peanut like, store. No, seriously, that place, it's peanut oil and peanuts on the shelves. Yeah.
1: Some peanut products might have been used during the production of this.
0: Perhaps. Yeah. You know. So, So, you know, know, the whole idea of like, oh, you need to close those up because I might want to come in here for a hamburger and not want to use any of the 50 other peanut products that are... Yeah, dude. What are you, an
1: idiot? It's just that... I mean, that's just like... If you have that big of a peanut allergy, stay stay away from the fucking store. Change the channel. Yeah. This this goes back to the George Carlin censorship thing. It's like, look, dude, I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm not saying that, that your peanut allergy is bad. I'm not saying... Uh, that your hatred of 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 Jews or, your, you know, your love of Christ or, you know, whatever, like, yeah. you know, th- these people who are like all passionate about, um, you know, about censoring things that they think are inappropriate. Yeah. It's like, look, dude, I'm I'm not criticizing your your sensitivity. I'm not criticizing your point of view, but you can't expect me to change what I'm doing because you don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't like it. Go over there. (laughs) You know, change the channel. Walk away. Turn your head. Close your close your eyes. You know? I mean, that's that's the way we have it set up here in the United States. It's gotten out of control. But yeah, it's it's kind of crazy. You know.
0: But you know, and some people say that the whole peanut thing is actually, you know, the the fact that people are so that no one goes anywhere near peanuts because of the people who have peanut allergies is actually causing more peanut allergies.
1: I just I would love to someone should says so we need to get like MythBusters or <laughs> someone like fucking Michael Crichton, although he's dead. Let's call Adam up. Someone to someone to do some research on this. I want to, I want to know the origin, man. So someone someone had to have started. That has to be like a patient zero of peanut f- allergy. for this fucking peanut allergy yeah. shit, right? Because how yeah. did it how did it come about? My friend Katie
0: has an almond allergy, and she ate some pastry in Paris recently. Uh huh. Then she had had a few drinks and she didn't realize that there was almonds and the uh-huh. almond butter or something inside of it or whatever, uh-huh. and she like had to use an EpiPen like on the street in Paris. Yeah, whoa, which is you know I could imagine that being scary, of course. You know? um, but you know this girl's thirty one years old, and
1: this is another thing, interesting fact. She's uh, the
0: only person of my age that I know who has this an allergy area. serious enough that she has to carry an EpiPen
1: around. Interesting. My father had has an allergy to hornet. Stings or okay. some other sort of flying insect bite. Something like a serious bee thing. Yeah, man. bees. May, may, maybe it was bees. I can't remember. I just remember seeing it when I was a little kid. I'm like, what does that look like? An yeah. eyeglasses case, but it had a picture of a giant, awesome rendering of like a like a hornet or something. Yeah, like yeah. I thought it was like a World War II nose art or something like that. It's really cool. Um, and then you know, my mom explained to me that that's you know, we kept it on the deck. You yeah. know, when he was out mowing if the lawn. If Daddy or whatever. passes out, <laughs> yeah, you need to use this. Um, jab this into his heart. But um, yeah. <laughs> I don't enjoy it <laughs> okay here we go um but uh i've heard a number of times now from coworkers from friends um that their their allergies uh seem to be changing and actually dude i gotta be honest with you i'm this i'm technically also uh in this category i when i i moved i was born in New York City. Uh, And then the day after I was born, basically my folks moved to New Jersey Uh, and I was raised in the northwestern suburbs of New Jersey from age zero ish to age 17 ish. And then and then from that point on, I went to college in Chicago where I basically stayed for the next 14 some odd years. And I did, I did return to home, you know, while I was in school, I returned home from the summers and what have you. But by the time I was finished with school, I'd effectively moved out, uh, to New York. And then that was also coinciding with the the fact that my folks, um, sold our house in New Jersey and they basically moved back into New York city. So I lived in Chicago and they lived in New York. And for the most, I, I, I'm pretty sure now I don't have any evidence here, but I'm just remembering for the most part, I can I have these really vivid memories of awful uh, allergic reactions to the changes in, basically just changes in the weather. Sure. Um, Chicago has a pretty significantly different but similar um, climate to, to here. I have a feeling it's the lake more that intense. does it. Well, it's just, it's more, yeah, it's a little bit more black and white, a little bit more contrasty, um, where... Like, so it would just get really fucking hot and muggy, or really fucking cold. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes there would be like as much as a 20 or 30 degree change within a day or two yeah and i think that that's not good for your your body i think your body doesn't like that and i would wake up with like just a little tickle in my throat and then within the next two days i was i was down for a day or two because i had this weird you know sore throat it wasn't a cold i don't think because colds tend to be longer and more do do, they bring you down you know
0: do trees and the grasses and those allergies affect you i
1: don't think so i mean
0: i I, they do to me lately the past couple years but you see what I so here's
1: the thing I, I, it was just a, it became a regular thing. It's like oh okay, I woke up today with a with a tickle in my throat, or I'm really sneezy today and I can't stop sneezing, and it's my allergies. Oh okay, I'm I'm allergic, and it would happen like what you know what twice, three times a year, and usually it wasn't that big of a deal, and I I just kind of dealt with it. And then the first year that I moved back here into New York, which was in 2006, uh, I noticed after about a year, <laughs> I noticed that I hadn't had one serious about of any kind of allergy or cold-like symptoms. Really? It was really weird. And then the next year came by, and it was the same thing. And I'm like, this you th- is...
0: You think you're allergic to Chicago?
1: Well, I think maybe... I wonder, maybe... I mean, that's that's one way of saying it. But Or maybe, because I'm from around here... My body was sort of this is how you predisposed to around. Started, yeah. Maybe I don't you know. know. I, have,
0: I have a I have a friend who has a PhD in pathobiology and entomology. Oh wow!
1: So that sounds fancy.
0: Diseases and bugs. Yeah, is what he knows about. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And he always said that if he ever had a kid, he'd make them eat dirt.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I'm all for it, dude. The the whole, yeah. the purell thing. The yeah. people who fucking carry that shit on yeah. the little on their little backpacks and purses. That just drives me up the goddamn I mean, wall.
0: I mean, I will use it if I'm about to eat lunch.
1: If I just if I yeah. just went to the bathroom and had to wipe my ass, w- you know, with the thinnest toilet paper in the world, and there was no soap, yes. then I would use some of that shit to disinfect my hands before I ate.
0: Yes. Yeah. But if
1: I'm if you know if if but I'm, I'm just not doing around, it after I shake people's hands, no, fuck that, dude. Some people do. Fuck that. And and then we also I did use it when I worked at Apple, and we were constantly tearing into people's machines. Man, I got to tell you. You want to see some gross shit? You should Cheetos open, and open up a stranger's computer for yeah. for an hour or two. <laughs> you know, it's funny. <laughs> in some ways,
0: some this episode is is about risk.
1: Risk, you know, sure, risk insurance. I mean, those things. Have hand you been?
0: Hand. Uh, have you ever, uh, say, I don't know, jumped out of an airplane?
1: Uh uh-uh. uh Have you ever wanted to? Uh uh-uh. uh Because
0: you're afraid of heights, or just because it doesn't interest you? Uh-uh.
1: <laughs> it doesn't really interest me. I, I there's a part of me that that is curious about it. I like to go fast. And like I and some of the more realistic vivid dreams that I've that I that I can remember are of me like flying. You know? So I have a feeling I'm I'm I would be cool with it. Yeah. But it's never been you know you know some people are really into it and I'm just yeah. that just this is not me. Like if that's what we were doing then I guess I could yeah. I could be persuaded.
0: It's interesting my sister has always wanted to go. Mhm you know she's always kind of like oh I want to jump out of an airplane someday you know Mm -hmm. and she never did she never did and like she was overweight for a while she lost weight and then she could do it again you know the tandem has like limits to you know that's the the other thing
1: thing thing, man again with our fucking society and the safety bullshit that you can't jump out of a plane by yourself anymore. Yes. There's, like, laws now. You have
0: to do tandems until you
1: train to get the thing to whatever, yeah. What the fuck? I don't know. Dude, in the 50s, they, but, sh- they fucking slapped a helmet on your head, and they shoved you out the fucking yes. door, and off you went. Yes. And here in the army. Well, you
0: now. know, the nice thing about it, though, is that, you know, that person's life is on the line, too. So there's... there's just, No, I'm just <laughs> saying, from I, a certain I, amount of, like, trusting them to pack the thing correctly... No, of course. There. You know, th- anyway, the point is, is that I... Melissa is that my sister is about to have a baby, right? Literally about to, like, Moments. look at my watch, like, could be <laughs> right. any day now. Sure. Um, and and you know, I said afterwards, I said, you know, after a few months when you recover, whatever it is, I'm like, you should go tandem jump because you don't know when you're going to be able to do it again. You know what I mean? Like, do it while the baby's young, whatever it is. Sure. And her husband was like, she can't do that, whatever it is. And I'm thinking. Well, first of all, of course she can, you know, sure. right. But is the risk, what, what are the odds of something bad happening from tandem jumping out of an, they got to be pretty pretty low. Pretty low. It's true. Probably actually lower than, say, driving across town to go to a restaurant. You know what I mean? Like, if you actually put the numbers down. What about that? Well, it's the whole thing of, you know, driving home is danger, more dangerous than flying, you know, wherever. That's probably true. You know. So anyway, just it's just interesting, but like we think about it as it seems like a really dangerous thing to do because if something goes wrong, right, it goes catastrophically, it wrong, goes
1: really wrong, which
0: is the problem, which is the whole thing with airplanes, right? You right. Know? I mean, up until they landed that plane in the Hudson, right? Had you ever heard of the whole, you know, the whole the idea water of like landing? If we have a water landing, yeah. you know, you. Th- I was always thinking to myself, and I I dated a girl who was a flight attendant for a while. I used to us, "Cynthia, like." That is absurd. You can't land... If you're flying over the Atlantic and something goes wrong, that 747 is not going to land in the water. It is going to sink. Yeah, it's going to crash and break up and sink and everyone's going to die. Sorry. Right. You know, sorry. I don't know. I mean... I mean, this guy did it. He was... Whatever they were. They were 400 feet up and they came down and they landed in the water and it was calm and he was lucky. And right. You know what I mean? Like, he was That's true, really talented guy and it's... Maybe one in ten that they actually pull that off, whatever it is. But know? it's still possible, right? 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 But other than that, right? If an airplane's in the air and something goes really wrong,
1: yeah, the odds of you being able dead. to do it gracefully, yeah, it's yeah, not so, you know. Uh, it's not but so
0: somehow big. we think that airplanes in your head, just sort of common sense, you think, oh, they must be more dangerous, even though on paper they're a lot less dangerous than driving. It's true. It's it's all very interesting.
1: The other thing that's that I think folks also don't take into consideration in regards to airplanes um, are the, the the much higher standards and and rules. Yeah, that, I mean, um, I was watching this documentary about what do they call them? Airframes. Sure. Um and, you know that and that's the part of the airplane. I mean are, there, there's basically yeah. two parts to the airplane. There was there's a like... Crichton
0: book called Airframe, right? And they actually as part of the testing of the plane, they actually You're right. do a loop to loop, like a full barrel or you know, a full flip roll right. in like a seven 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 or whatever. It right. Is. I think that's and uh... the plane can actually handle it. Yeah. I mean, if it has to, it's strong enough to handle that. It's, ins- it's over-engineered like, to that point.
1: Yeah, and then and, but and then the other crazy thing is if that wasn't enough, the the measurements and and the 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 alignment and the all that stuff it's like everything. it's down to like the fucking millimeter. I yeah. mean that shit yeah. is not, you know, it's, scary. it's really precise. It's scary good. Yeah. So that I mean the level of of uh, you know, of of standard, the level of uh of safe, safety and precision that goes into that design, Um, I don't, I, I mean, it's, it's so good. It's overlooked. It's, 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 I think it's taken for granted. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, look, I, I am terrified. I don't like heights. Okay. You know, I mean, I always thought that going to the top of the world trade center was actually pretty cool. Hmm you actually went out on the roof and there was nothing above you. Yeah. You know, which was just kind of a weird effect. You're like, wow, I'm sitting on top of a quarter mile tall pile of steel. Yeah. Essentially. And, and concrete. And concrete. And glass. And, yeah. You know what I mean? But yeah, like, Creepy. This is a quarter mile tall box that I'm standing on the top of. Yeah. And there's nothing above me. Yeah. Which is surreal. You know, I you mean, look up and you see this guy, and then you look down and you're like, whoa, I'm in the sky. <laughs> right. We could say the same thing about being at the top of a mountain or a tall tree though. Yeah. Too. You, yeah. You totally could. Yeah. Right. It's just that those are not usually a thousand feet tall or twelve hundred feet tall or whatever. That'd the hell be they
1: sweet. Are. Can you imagine like a thousand foot tall tree?
0: Well, yeah. There's a really good documentary about the uh, redwoods on Hulu, a National Geographic one. Anyway, hmm. I just watched it recently. Hmm. Anyway, the point of this is risk. Yeah. Well, to say that, like the, the I I don't like heights. I went one time uh, parasailing, which is, you know, where they... To drag you on a boat with the yeah, with the parachute. they drag you up on a line, right. And we went on a 1,500-foot line. Okay. Which means that we are almost a quarter mile in the air. Okay. You know, you know what I mean? like I, high. Because you're kind of going almost straight up, right? Sure. We were high enough to where you couldn't tell what boat we were connected to. Huh. Because the line goes out sort of into infinity... And then you lose And then there's boats down there, but you don't know which one. Because any motion the boat is making is not going to get up to you for a while. Right. You know, before you kind of catch up. Interesting. So I'm on it with my friend's aunt.
1: Oh, it's just two of you? Two of same- us. It's a
0: tandem thing, right? Uh-huh. Basically, it's me in a harness, uh-huh. and I am uh, carabinered into a bar. Uh-huh. She, The bar goes to the middle of the bar where it's connected to the parachute, uh-huh. and then she's on the other side of the bar. Oh, cool. Like a ski lift kind of thing. Like a ski lift kind of thing, right. But I'm just hanging in this uh, harness. Right. Now... This is the kind of thing where I know I've studied engineering. I'm a scientific guy. Sure, I know that these straps and these carabiners can hold a Volkswagen if they have to. Sure, and yet when you're sitting there and it's two pieces of metal clipped in, and the wind turns and those things go kick, 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 kick,
1: kick, 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 yeah,
0: against each other, you know, yeah, metals yeah, yeah. like like the the reptilian mind of my head goes
1: what the fuck yeah
0: let's get the fuck down <laughs> yeah, because this is not safe right right now <laughs> now, Aunt Patty on the other side yeah. has jumped out of airplanes she's gone uh, 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 what is the what is the thing where you um, luge no 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 where you, you uh, bobsled tobogganing big kite, kite thing where you go uh, not, oh hang gliding hang gliding she's gone hang gliding uh-huh. she's done all kinds of like what I would think of as even more intense risky, scary things risky activity riskier than doing what we were doing sure and I'm kind of weird. And I said, uh, are you okay? And she goes, actually, this is kind of scary. And I'm like, you can't tell me that when we're a quarter mile <laughs> up in the air. That's funny. I was, I was terrified out of my mind I will never go up there again. Did you pee your pants? No. Oh. But it, that kind of stuff scares me. Yeah. My sister yeah. and I were in Vegas a few years ago. And we go to the, what's the stratosphere? You oh. know, the one that looks like the space needle. I don't know. They have a ride. Mm. That you oh right right on yeah 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 that goes off the side of the space needle i've seen
1: photos of that
0: spins and then opens up so you are going towards the ground yeah almost straight towards the ground
1: but hundreds of feet up in the You're air. You're five 500 feet in the air yeah awesome. you've got to be Terrifying. fucking kidding me yeah I, I i went on the uh you know i the the closest people thing to would that. choose to do this people love that shit dude the, the most popular ride when I was... I went to uh, one of the Six Flags parks in Chicago. I can't remember. I think it's called a Great America maybe, sure. or maybe Great Adventure or something. Great um, Adventures in New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they had the, the, the giant drop. Yeah, sure. It's what? Like yeah. six, maybe ten stories tall? It just drops. It's, in the, it's, yeah. it's a little donut of chairs yep. around the thing. You go all the way up and it goes up and it drops you down. And I tried it once because my friends were all like, you know, super into it. And the thing that rubbed me the wrong way was was the change i guess it must have been the change in uh in pressure in my blood pressure i don't know if you've ever have you ever experienced this like um like when you're sitting down what's the best way to explain it it's sort of like a pins and needles feeling um it's like it's like for a very short time like because of the those the extreme rush from going super high to super low yeah. really fast all of the blood like just shot into my feet and legs and when i stood up on them both my, my legs like had this weird, like sudden yeah. pins and needles effect, and it was really unsettling. Um, and I, that was what turned me off. It wasn't yeah. the actual was up the and fall down. scary. No, well the fall was like it was. We were so like it was like we were so attached. There was no chance of us ever getting out of these these chairs that yeah. we were in. But does kind of your mind
0: it. still kind of go? What is happening right now? No, you know, in the moment, not
1: really. I mean. It, a lot has to do with i think with the field of vision with the perspective with the percep yeah. with your visual perception if you if you're if you can look down and you th- there 's no way that you can get out of this yeah there 's almost like you know how sometimes like there 's that submission effect that, sure. like when you i think when someone um when someone knows they 're going to die yeah. like if you 're in a fire or you know or you 're drowning or a sinking ship or something like that I think there 's something in your brain that w- once you 've convinced yourself that there 's nothing you can do um you stop freaking out sort of like sort of like that same effect like like, like the way when you get um, I've heard people when they get stabbed or shot yeah. like the first few moments after that sometimes uh you don't even realize it like you're not in pain sure, you're not you're not in pain and, and you, someone might even have to point it out It's like dude you you are gushing yeah. blood it's a like it, shock yeah it's it's like this sort of weird sort of subliminal shock and i think it's part of again like you're saying the reptilian brain survival self, mechanism self yeah uh self you know the, the
0: the one ride that always looked interesting to me are those new ones you know where you start out horizontal in the chairs. And they use maglev to get you accelerated to like 100 miles an hour in like, I don't know what it is, Mm -hmm. a second and a half. And then it goes straight vertical up the wall and then it gets to the top and it goes straight vertical down the other side. So it's sort of just shaped like a big, I don't know, what shape would that be? You know, like you're going and then it turns 90 degrees straight up, up a track, uh-huh. and it gets to the top and it goes straight down the other side and then kind of cools out. Huh. So it's one shot up this thing, down the other side, and stops. Interesting, But it does it. zero to 60 in like literally a second. Wow. I mean, it's... it's that can't be good for you. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. It's supposed to be terrifying. But the whole... You know, it's sort of, you know, when you're on a roller coaster, it's the whole going over the top hump and not being able to see
1: yeah. the track. And again, it's, That's what's scary. It's all... And then I think the other really cool... Concept in roller coaster design is are the the kinds um, I can't remember any of the names of these, but it's uh, I think it was like the Batman or the Superman or whatever. Oh, where you're hanging, where the hanging ones, where you're, yeah. you're you're sitting like in a little chair and your legs are dangling. Yes, yes. Uh, and the track is above you. Yeah. Uh, that's a pretty cool concept, and I I, I remember I actually kind of digging those. that, and it was kind of cool because I, I think I was wearing sandals at the time. And, and they just let feeling- you? Uh, well, it was like, you know, Teva sandals or whatever, you know, like not like yeah, flip flops. Yeah, yeah. I think they said no flip flops, but, you know, your sandals are firmly attached to your feet. Uh, it's okay. And it was cool to feel the, you know, the breeze in between yeah. your toes and the shit. Well,
0: it is interesting, though, that some people, like my sister, get off on this risk taking.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't get And off I on don't.
0: It. You, know, you know, but, but much well, like, much like gambling. I don't like gambling. I don't like the idea that, like, I'm putting down on $50 and. I may lose it just as likely, like Gim- gambling does nothing for me.
1: here's the thing. I, 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 you and I are similar in that respect. However, if we're talking about this, and, and I'm just sort of reflecting on my own. <laughs> and we are. Which we are. Um, <laughs> there is a kind of risk that does get me excited. And it's along the lines of, uh, of, of the beat the system risk. Okay. Um, when I was a kid i i i don't know i might have i think I might have inherited this from my dad um it it kind of ties into the um yeah i would i would say this is is directly analogous to the hacker philosophy which is um let's figure this out let's let's reverse engineer this let's 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 go into this thing that nobody either expects you to or in some cases doesn't want you to right you know like you're you're like discovering this they never secret want you to, Dan. well you never know sometimes there's a there's a There's a puzzle uh, or a reward at the end, so to speak. But anyway, so so
0: give me an example.
1: uh, You know, like, um, like, like pirating software. Sure. When I was a kid, that was fun. That was fun, right? Like playing this game. Like, like it became this game where you wanted to accumulate the most, the most copies of that, the latest version, the fastest. You know, and you wanted to have like zero day wear, zero day exactly, right? And then, be, how how fast was your connection? How fast yeah, could you download yeah. it? There was. The, I remember
0: it, when I got my first. I borrowed an HST ninety six hundred baud from somebody, and it was like, oh my god, yes, I could robotics. download it four
1: k a second. Yeah, you know. dude. I remember there. I used to be on boards that were exclusive ninety six hundred yeah. only. You couldn't. You couldn't be slower, yeah. although you yeah. weren't. You weren't allowed on. Um, but that's exactly what I'm talking about. But there's a rush there, sure. There's a rush, and much a,
0: like much like pirating movies,
1: and there's a risk there as well, because sure. in theory. If somebody found out what you're up to and wanted to, they could they could fuck your shit up.
0: If you and I really want to watch Avatar in HD, we could go buy it. You and I are able. We have the money to go buy a we copy do. of whatever.
1: We do, but, but do is we it
0: more right? <laughs> but it's more fun. Yeah. Somehow, yeah, it's interesting,
1: right? Isn't it? Oh, I, absolutely. So that's 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 my no. I could see that analogy to the to the whole. I mean, I'm taking a risk, dude. You know what's hilarious, man? You, you remember he? You told me you got some fucking letter from your ISP or whatever. I did, dude. I got a letter from my ISP, but it wasn't it wasn't me. I looked. They, they said they actually sent me like this cute little this little form letter with. Um, with a, with an IP number and and a, and a and, you know and a website and the whole thing and I looked at, I'm like that's not even my fucking IP number it's like where did you guys get that? I, a, I didn't you know it's I would if it was if I was actually legitimately responsible I would be like okay my what bad the site um, it was uh, Mini Nova. Which I never fucking use. That's, I mean, I, I stay away from big, you know, big public, yeah. uh, ratio free. It's,
0: wait, it's somebody on your
1: uh... no, my wireless network is is hidden. Uh, I'm I'm the only one on it. Um, and but it's, it wasn't my IP number, dude. It was a yeah, different but these shift. It was whatever. To, it was totally different. My, my, my I use DynDNS... DNS. So that I, I phone home every once oh, in a while. Okay. So I, I I actually have a, a log of what my IP numbers are for the past I don't know three right. years, and it was a different. Yeah. It's a different top number. Yeah, it started with a sixty-eight. My start with a sixty-nine. It wasn't even the same fucking range.
0: Insane. That's very odd.
1: And I got two of the letters. Like one was dated June eighth, and one was dated June ninth. I heard that. Uh Basically,
0: those letters are just
1: bullshit tactics. Yeah, of yeah. course they are, because this is—it's completely random. Right. It's like right. I wasn't—I didn't download that. That's not my IP number. My hunch is that someone else in my building, because my building is—is, is yeah. you know, everybody's on the same. It's not unreasonable that that maybe maybe my the building the floors of my building maybe like my neighbors on, on the sixty nine dot network. I'm on the sixty eight dot network. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, and they, yeah, they do it yeah. like that. Um, maybe they just sort of like shotgunned it and like, oh, well, it's got to be someone at this address. How many customers do we have here? Seven. We'll just choose this guy. It's crazy though. Right? Yeah. Kind of weird. Yeah. Anyway.
0: But it's, I don't know. It's just, you're right. No, I used to get it. But that, that is as much sort of a collection fetish as it is... You know yeah there's, the, there's the my com- brother in law has every episode of Transformers and Scooby Doo mm-hmm. is he actually well, he actually might, but like will most people watch every episode of Transformers and Scooby Doo? Maybe no, but they might collect them i have I'm sure I have somewhere every episode of say Doctor Who since they started putting it out again mm-hmm. somewhere I'm sh- you know sure actually I think I deleted a bunch of them, but let's say I do mm-hmm. it's like what's the likelihood that I'm going to go back to the first episode and start watching it again? on top of the fact that they're available on Netflix and I'm a Netflix subscriber. So let's know, like let's stream.
1: Let's talk about this for a second now. We just basically illustrated a very similar situation to one that we started talking about which is photo like archiving photographs and stuff like that. True, right? So what are the odds of you ever needing to go back to one of these old photos that you, you know, it's, it's, it's weird. It's basically, it's like the same exact fucking thing. It is. But, but there's this similar, and they're both passion driven, but they're different parts. The the origins are different. You know what I'm
0: saying? Well, what kills me, I mean, one thing for me, right, that I, I'm a photographer, I'm doing these things for money. That's one thing.
1: Sure. So you're looking at it as a, as a businessman.
0: I know people like, for example, Thomas Hawk. Right, who's like this big photo blogger out in San Francisco, mm-hmm. who I've met before, very nice guy. And he shoots, and he has this goal in his head. I think it's 100,000. Let's just say it's 100,000 for lack of a better thing. He wants to, by the end of his life, to have 100,000 finished images in his collection. That's like ones he's shot and edited and cleaned up, and like they're perfect, keepers. and they're in an archive. Right. Yeah. 100,000 of them Sounds like a that lot. he wants by the end of his life. Mm-hmm. He shoots hundreds of pictures a day, which he calls down and comes up with around 10 to 15 a day. I think I think these are the numbers. A day? A
1: day. It's a lot, dude. And
0: this is not what he does for a living. What does he do for a living? He, he's like some uh, financial guy or something, and he also runs Zoomer.com, which is like a Flickr competitor. Huh. Anyway, the point is, is that he's not a professional photographer for for money. Okay.
1: For well, with, him, a, with a goal like that, you can't be, dude.
0: Well, exactly. <laughs> well, that's that's a whole other thing, right? But, I mean... I don't keep all the raw files I shoot. If I shoot out 300 pictures of you right now, I'd get it down to 110 minutes and kill the rest. Right? Totally, totally. You know, but there are people who oh, keep all of it. Oh, I know. All of it. And I mean, he, his storage usage, I mean, literally I can, I, I've been doing this for years and I'm, you know, somewhat accomplished. Right. You could fit my entire output on a one, one, two terabyte drive and take it anywhere right.
1: in the world. Right. You know. He must have dozens of terabytes. This guy's
0: got... Yeah, I have no idea how he's... In fact, I'm going to go look it up afterwards, but how the hell he stores all this stuff. Yeah. But for him, this is like his life goal. Not just like, right. I need to keep it because Time Magazine expects me to keep it. No. But this is this guy's goal. Right. He's Yeah, he's, he set it out as that's his
1: mission. That's his... That's his yeah. Which
0: is just like, that's a whole other thing. you know So it's not just a fetish for collecting. It's yeah. your work creating it all. You yeah. Know? I have no idea how he expects to protect it. I think he uses Drobos, but he must have multiple Drobos. Yeah. You know? Anyway, the point is, is that, like, that's crazy to me, you know? Yeah. These people are, like, really, you know... At what point is it just kind of silly, you know? I could put stuff on six different hard drives, and you and I could swap hard drives every, you know, three weeks, and so we have copies of our stuff different places, it's you true. know? It's true. But, you know, oh, well, you know... <laughs> New York gets nuked or whatever it is. You know, Oops. it's like...
1: Right, or there's a tornado or yeah. an earthquake or a flood. Yeah,
0: act of God. Yeah. You know, and it takes out both of our buildings. Okay, all of my life's work is done. Yeah. What are the chances of that? One in a hundred million? Probably.
1: Right. But, but... Man, I gotta say, there's this weird part of me, this weird... I, I, I'm i almost hesitant to use the word perverse, but there's this weird part of me that, that kind of wants that to happen. You know? I, I, just they, to see it happen? I, I just... There's... I don't know where it came from, but when I was... There's something about whole like the 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 potential for dystopia. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Sure. Like like die hard 4. whatever. Yeah, die hard 4, sure. Uh, fire sale, so, silent green. Yeah, all that. Yeah, fire Cell, Exactly. What did you watch it again? <laughs> no. I've just seen <laughs> it a, a good number of times. Um. Anyway, but yeah, man, I just I, I'm a sucker for that shit because it, you want to see what happens. Kinda. Yeah, I, I mean, and then any, you know, the first thing that anyone would say is like, "Well, dude, what if you're in the fucking on the bottom of the of the glass as opposed to the top of the glass? What if you're one of the people who gets fucking?" It's true. Fa-? I mean, like you know what? That's a risk I'd be willing to take. Yeah. I feel like I'm okay with that. You know, I feel like if, if I had to vote for it, and like, okay, wait. So you're saying you would vote for the potential for mass nuclear destruction, and there's a really solid. It's like the odds are. I would probably go. My I would I would bet on odds as as. Crazy as seventy
0: thirty, that you yeah. As long as you're that that if you're in the thirty you'd you'd be yeah. or the, if you're in the seventy you'd be willing to try it. I would. Interesting.
1: Yeah, I think so. I don't know you what's up. Be with bored that. in your current life. I don't know.
0: Things aren't exciting enough for you. No. You know one other thing. Just quick thing about photography. How often do people print their images nowadays?
1: Well, more often than you might think. Uh, yeah, wait. When you say people, you're talking about general people, not well, not professionals. Not like
0: my mom. I'm talking about you know. How how many of your pictures do you have printed? My personal pictures? Yes. I don't know, 9. Exactly, <laughs> right? I don't care, but that's me, No, dude. I I know, I'm different. I know but We've... I'm just saying that that's one way to, you know, you make, I don't, but you I... make a decent sized print put it in the closet even if your hard drive crashes, you at least there's a there's a physical object.
1: But that's here's the other thing. Um th- this gets into some of the philosophy of photography and the why. And for me, what I've what I've noticed uh, about myself is that I, there must be a, a great like Greek word for this, you know, like autodidact or whatever. Right. I, I'm the kind of person that really enjoys the process. Do you understand? You know what I'm saying? Like, sure. I, I like, I like the, the actual, I like coming up with the idea. I like the execution of the idea. Um, and then the finished product, I, I could take it or leave it. You see, know? I
0: get off on all that and I like, I see the finished product as, well, this is as the receipt. <laughs> yes, yeah. kind of. Yeah. yeah,
1: and see, I don't keep my receipts, man. I, I'm not. I'm not a receipt keeper. Right. I, I respect the receipt and I understand it. And if it's there, cool. I I dig that. But I don't like. That's the if goal. That, I've reached if those, the goal. Then... If, yeah, if those went away, that doesn't matter because I still did the work. I still felt those feelings. I still had that experience, and it was cool. Um, and that's that's why. Remember where I, was, I think when one of our earlier discussions, I was telling you how I don't have anything on my fucking walls. Yeah. I, it because it doesn't do anything for me. I. You know, the, it's already up in my brain. The, those experiences, those feelings have already been had. Sure. Y- and I don't feel like I need to be y- to me, like looking at it isn't going to isn't going to sure. isn't going to do it. You're pointing at my picture. I was pointing the at MD. the at the wall actually. Okay. I I was making a, a a you know, a theoretical point. It's interesting. Yeah, I I don't know what's up see, with that. See,
0: you're I'm terrified of losing stuff. Yeah. You're willing to make bets in which you might lose <laughs> stuff just to see what happens. Kind of, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I guess it's I I, I never really yet, thought about it.
0: And yet, you and I are both not
1: going to jump out of a plane anytime soon,
0: <laughs> or go off that crazy thing on the stratosphere. Yeah, no, I have a picture of that somewhere. It's fucking nuts. No way, dude. I, yeah, fuck that. that's my my sister. Uh, my sister and I went up to the top to do it. My mother and my girlfriend at the time stayed downstairs because they couldn't watch Melissa do it. Sure, I was scared watching her.
1: Yeah, I, I can I can relate. Oh.
0: all right. And sure. All right. How long has it been? Uh, 50 minutes, perfect. Nice. All right. See you next week. <laughs>
1: okay.